0: Well, this is odd. No new managerial casualties, no club in obvious desperate financial crisis. What's going on, EFL? Luckily, there's still plenty for us to sink our teeth into today as we analyse all, bracket some, of the midweek matchups in Leagues 1 and 2, find out how the Championship's newest managers are getting on, and look ahead to a weekend in which last season's most spy-based rivalry will be rekindled. Oh, and we've got an actual England coach on. Revelling in the serenity, this is the Totally Football League show. I'm Matt Davis. Apologies for the Sean Deish impression. Alo- yeah, I am. Yeah, I got my own name wrong. I <laughs> <laughs> did <do you> think. I'm going to is dropped the Adams.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's
0: going to be that kind of day. I'm Matt Davis-Adams. Apologies for the Sean Dyche impression. Alongside me today, our very own Daddy Pig, fresh from his trip to Pepper Pig World, a man who's 34% Southend United, his former winger turned journalist, Adrian Clark. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, did you enjoy your debut on EFL on Quest? I did, yeah. It was good fun. Okay, so that's you, Sam, Caroline, who've all been on the show. Uh, guys, if you want to pluck someone else from this podcast, <laughs> Joe Crilley's rates are very reasonable. <laughs> seriously though do get in touch Matt J. Davis 1979 <laughs> at gmail.com uh, alongside Adrian a man who was last heard on this podcast way back in series one he's loved a little bit too much by big boss Ian McIntosh who we've had to keep out the building today and he's 58% South End United an EFL stalwart as a player and manager and now part of the England setup. a very warm welcome back to Chris Powell hello And finally, in the interest of equality, it's a man who is 100% Bolton to the extent that he conceded five or more goals on the way to the studio. Too soon? (laughs) Uh, From William Hill, it's Joe Crilly. Oh, he didn't concede any last night. You didn't. We'll come on to that. Uh, For the record, I'm 100% Nottingham Forest. I achieved remarkable success years ago and won't stop banging on about it. Speaking of which, PMD asks, how far... Can Sabri take Forest? Adrian, we're all going to be at the Emirates next week. I'm a bit concerned that it's going a bit well and the wheels will fall off soon.
1: Yeah, well, that's a natural fan reaction, isn't it? I think a lot of supporters think that way. They tend to be pessimistic. I like what I see so far in terms of the match the other day against Swansea I sort of had it on the screen in front of me I wasn't watching it intently but every time I was looking Nottingham Forest were controlling possession they were the better side by, by some distance the football is good under Lamushi there's a strong squad outlined I think by the fact that Joe Lolly was on the bench so which I couldn't quite believe <laughs> It looks good, but, but history does tell us that Nottingham Forest will cave in and, and inevitably collapse. But, but I hope for your sake it doesn't. Chris, you've got to be impressed with Sabri Lemushi. The championship,
0: everybody says, is one of the toughest leagues in the world to manage. He obviously had no experience of it, but he's had a great start nonetheless.
2: He has, and I'm saying this through gritted teeth being an ex-derby <laughs> player and um, derby assistant manager. But there's no denying Forest actually look quite a settled team, which is very unlike them. And like you say, they've they've got this huge game coming up at Arsenal, which I'm sure they'll be looking forward to. But with Joe Lolly on the bench, I mean, he's been their outstanding player since he's got there. And I know Joe. I had him at Huddersfield. Young boy then with obvious talent, but wasn't quite up to speed. But he's certainly there now and he's, um, he's at a club that really believe in him. And, you know, hopefully Forrest can go from strength to strength but below derby <laughs> <laughs> sorry
0: well chris as you know this show is all about the fl so it's only right we start with your new job with um, england um tell us what the role entails and, and how it came about
2: well first off it's been an absolutely brilliant experience so far it's just camp to camp it's until the end of the euros 2020 so i, I basically interviewed for a role at the fa they felt that uh, i'll be suited for a different role which is this one which i think is a better better role than the one i was going for so i had to go up there again um, and have an interview and a, a, a another interview and conversation and um, it turns out that I, I got the role so i'm really really pleased with it and Thank it's not
0: just out. yourself is it there's there's people working with the various age groups michael yeah. johnson jason yule yeah. omar reza uh matthew thorpe yeah. and, and it's It's in response in part to the the shocking lack of BAME coaches in English football, just four head coaches, managers in the EFL at the
2: moment. Do you think that this is going to help, if so, how? I do. um, And I'll tell you why I think it will help, because it's a start. I think people always talk about this conversation. It's been going on for years since, I mean, I retired 10 years ago, started managing at at Charlton uh, when I was 40, 41. And it's just been a topic every year. And it will always be a topic. I, I, I get that. But we have to start somewhere. And I think the FA have said, well, why don't we involve uh, coaches of colour that uh, are in the game, that are in the system, who we feel be good enough to be in the system and to, to learn and to um, show people that they're, they're capable. There's a visibility aspect, which I understand, but we all have to prove ourselves. You know, some people are saying to me, well, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm not just going to walk in and take over from Gareth and say, right, you should be doing this and that. It's more a case of seeing what they do, where I can help. Is it going to be individual? Um, You know, I've I've spoken to some of the fullbacks, obviously quite naturally, being an ex-fullback myself. But it was more a case of me getting to know them, understanding how they work. And I'm sure my responsibilities will, will grow as it goes on. My next camp is in October, another one in November. And then there's nothing from November until March. But just being involved with the first team, or the seniors, I should say, not the first team, was just a a, a great moment for me. And it's due to last uh, provisionally till
0: twenty twenty. Have yeah. you got thoughts of extending it, or is club management? Oh, I mean,
1: this is
2: England we're talking oh, about, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely. Fantastic. What happens? Does it? Does this mean you're sort of taking yourself out of the game in terms of club management? Are You just going to focus on this, or if someone knocks on your door and says, look fancy coming to manage us. Is that something you could yeah. combine or not?
2: Yeah, yeah it's, it's actually quite open. Um, Gareth and, and Les Reed, who's the technical director, have both said, look, if there's an opportunity for you and you'd like to take it, you're more you know, within your rights to do that. But this is such a great role. I mean, so many people, the effect it's had on a lot of people um, and a lot of my friends and family, but just people I see on the train or in the street, you know, they've seen me and it's quite a powerful moment. You know, it really is. And I just hope that, um, you know, I can do the role justice. You know, Gareth is a fantastic leader, really is. I've known him a long time, but, you know, we, we haven't, we're, sort of our careers have gone different ways as such, but we were apprentices together. And I'm really impressed by him and his team that he's got alongside him. And hopefully I can lend my knowledge and experience and we'll see where it goes. Sounds good. We wish you all the best. Right, should we check in on the championship?
0: You're listening to the Totally Football League Show in association with William Hill. Championship then where the headlines are. In the new manager derby, it was Gary over Danny as the Owls beat the Terriers. It would surely never go down that way in the animal kingdom. Uh, Clarkie, I learned this this morning. The name for a group of Owls is a parliament of Owls. Wow. Yeah, okay. There you go. Fact of the day. You can take that away with you. Uh, we cursed Charlton last week by having assistant Johnny Jackson on. They promptly suffered their first defeat of the season thanks to teenage sensation Jude Bellingham's winner for Birmingham. Can he slip it down For around on the right side of the box? He can cut back for Jude yes! Bellingham. Get in. Bellingham has done
2: it yet again!
0: Although, speaking of Birmingham, they've been fined £42,500 after a Blues fan attacked Aston Villa captain Jack Grealish last season. That'll learn them. And will Ferrells climb the ranks from Fratton Park at the start of the season to Craven Cottage at the weekend? Stay classy. So, on Sunday, Sheffield Wednesday won the new manager derby with Huddersfield. Uh, Chris, were you surprised that the Cowleys left Lincoln for
2: Huddersfield? It's a club you know well, of course. Yeah. Uh... I know they were in for them before. Then there was talk that, no, they're going Shuffle Wednesday. Then they went back to Huddersfield. And initially I thought they, they don't really want to go there. I think they feel that maybe the, uh, there'll be a bigger and better opportunity. Uh, not saying Huddersfield aren't because it's a huge club. And obviously they've had real success recently. So I was quite shocked, you know, whether it's the financial package, whether it's the package to get a lot of players in in January. They're like a rudderless ship at the minute. I I really love the place. You know, the fans were terrific with me. But they've lost the art of winning. It's not only this year, it was last year as well. And it's a huge job. Maybe Danny and Nicky felt, okay, we want to face this challenge. We feel ready for it. They've done marvellously well at Lincoln and Braintree before that. And they just see themselves on an upwardly curve. And I think they want to stay on that. But it's a huge job, you know. So for them to go Huddersfield, they obviously feel that maybe the ingredients are there for them to lay down their own foundations, their own culture, and hopefully get a group of players that can turn this poor run around. Adrian,
0: do you think... Maybe they've been promised a similar level of autonomy that they had at Lincoln. Maybe that was
1: something that... I think that was definitely something to do with it. Yeah, they, they, they're they control freaks, aren't they? As, as, <laughs> a lot of managers want full control, understandably, but they really do do everything, I think, between them. Uh, meticulous with a capital M, really, those those two guys. So I'd back them. I think they're ready ready for this kind of challenge, but it's huge. As, as Chris rightly points out, the losing habit is, is crazy. I think three wins in 52, 15 defeats in 18. Haven't scored more than one at home in 30 games. It's Those numbers are, are awful. There's a lot of work there for, for them. But, but if they're given time, if the players are responsive to the way they want to change the culture, because they will want to change the culture, then I'd back them to do it. But as Nathan's finding out at Stoke, changing the culture of a place that, that's that got a bad a lot of bad habits isn't easy. We ought to give some deference to Gary Monk because that was a great start
2: for him. Slightly surprise appointment, perhaps, but a great gig for him to get. I mean, he's only got, what, another 20 other clubs in championship to manage. So, <laughs> um, I mean, he is very good, Gary. Good, isn't he? he is very good. Why he's only lasted a short time at the other clubs um, is open to debate. But I know Gary's very, very good. Uh, I've, I've spoken to people that have worked with him. Decent appointment for Sheffield Wednesday because they've tried all sorts of ways, Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, they've had Carver Hall who just couldn't get them over the line with the playoffs. Now they've gone to Gary Monk, who I feel will instil a, a way of playing. Um, you could almost see what they're going to be about in that game. I watched the game. One or two good playmakers, Bannon, uh, Reach, two strikers or one striker in Fletcher and then Winnell came on. Both scored. They're going to be quite... Sturdy in defence, have a good shape about them and look to, you know, break, counter. They'll get the wins. They'll they'll be in the top 10, at least, I feel, this year. Top six, I'm sure the owner wants that. I think he wants a bit more, but I think he's a, he's a good appointment for them where the Cowleys is going to be tougher for them, but I think they'll they'll get there. We have a look ahead to uh, some of the weekend's action
0: then. Leeds versus Derby at Ellen Road, the rivalry of last season. And very little between them then they're already 10 points apart this time around. Derby just the one win so far. Leeds only beat them once. What are Derby doing wrong? Is it is it a Philip Koku
1: thing? I mean, the, the obvious comparison that we can make is with Lamushi, I suppose. Well, there's Somebody been a talent vacuum, hasn't there? The players they had last season were, were fantastic, the young guys. We've seen what they're all about in the Premier League now, aren't we? So they've lost those and the guys that come in are not as good. I've said that before on this show. But I also feel that he's not quite got to grips with the team. He doesn't. He's still learning about his players, isn't he? I'm not massively convinced about the the, the midfield axis of Huddleston and, and Bielik. I think they're both really good players on their own, but together I just feel they're a bit ponderous. And when I think about this game against Leeds, who are so busy and sharp in midfield, Phillips, Klitsch, and Hernandez in there, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking they're gonna they're gonna overrun those two. Yeah, I, I fear for Derby in this game. I know that Derby got the better of Leeds in the playoffs, but but I sense that stylistically and where they are at the moment, Leeds are way in front and I, and I think they could rip into Derby here. Feels like last season was a huge missed opportunity, which is an obvious thing
0: to say, given they lost the playoff final, but they have such struggles in the playoffs anyway and they might be off the pace this season. That, mm. that was the time to do it really, wasn't it?
2: It certainly was. Uh, Frank got the club exactly where he wanted it and it's a shame for, for Derby as a football club because I could have seen Frank there for two, three years. Even this year, if the Chelsea opportunity didn't come up, I'm sure he would have been able to keep players like Mount. And but because of Chelsea's unique situation, they've pulled him out. Derby have gone down the uh, the route with Philip Koku. I saw them against Bristol City, uh, which they lost. And I think Adrian's quite right. Bielik was an outstanding player last year for Charlton. I mean, he was head and shoulders either at the base of a diamond, but he had busy players in front of him, or he played in the back four and stepping into midfield from the back four, he he was outstanding. Really good move for him. They played in a similar way, but they're not. Derby are quite slow in their build-up, where Charlton were a lot quicker, uh, still played through the thirds, but a lot quicker. And they're going to struggle this year. I think it's a, a year of transition for Derby because Mount, Tomori... Those Harry two, Wilson. Harry Wilson, they were so instrumental that they're big losses for all them and I haven't replaced them, as, as, as Adrian said. And in terms of leads. Clarky, really weird disparity between their home and
0: away form top of the away table 17th in terms of, of home results is that because
1: everybody turns up at Ellen Road and you know for a lot of teams it's their cup final is it the pressure for Leeds are playing there yeah, it's hard it's, uh, we don't know the answer to it I'm sure Bielsa wishes he knew managers are always bemoaning this kind of thing aren't they it it's hard to understand I don't see it lasting because it's such a culture it's, it's a horrible place to go and Play it will lift some people, of course. Maybe that's what's happening. But but no, I think once Leeds get going, especially with their style of play, which is so in your face and it's the, the tempo's so high, I can't imagine that they won't they won't turn it around. And, and look, they've got competition for places now, haven't they? Uh, up front, Inquietia comes on again and scores. I mean, this this kid knows where the back of the net is, and, and what a good alternative to to Bamford he is. I would play Inquietia in this game based on his style. Up against Clark and Keogh, not not the, not the most mobile of, of centre half. So, so I can see him <laughs> causing causing problems in the game, whether it's off the bench or not. So um, now Leeds Leeds are fine. They, they're, well, they're flying, aren't they? In terms of their their league position, I'll go back to what I've said before on the show. I still don't think the squad's deep enough. I think that they will have wobbles when injuries set in. But but right now, can I see one winner in this game? In terms of Brentford against Stoke, poor old
0: Stoke, bottom of the table. Nathan Jones says there. Very close to being a good side. Is he
1: just trying to keep the morale up or try and keep his job? Because they don't look it, do well, He's not he? going to say anything else, is he? <laughs> he's not say, I'm going to say we're an awful team. Um, everything's going against him, isn't yeah. it, Chris? I mean, i got a feel for him. With the, the Joe Allen one, you see why Joe goes for the ball, why he lunges in. We, mm-hmm. we saw it last night at Mansfield with the player getting sent off. and It happens, but it's, it happened when 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 they were going well in the game. Yeah, it's it, he's got issues there. I, I I actually still think that he he can turn it around, mm. but because I rate him, yeah, I think he's a good manager. But yeah. but the diamond the the diamond for me, I don't necessarily think he's got the right system for the players that that he's got within his squad. He he's got his own philosophy, but it doesn't really suit the, the group he's got. I don't know what Chris thinks.
2: Oh, well, I was going to say I've been there when you you try everything and it's just not happening for you, and then you lose a player. For injury or being sent off. I saw them at Charlton early on in the season and they absolutely dominated the game. They hit the bar, hit the post, went 1-0 down, equalised, one-all. There was only one team in it, to be fair. Gregory missed a chance over the bar, should have scored six yards out. Charlton went up the other end, scored 2-1, scored a great corner routine, Connor Gallagher, 3-1, game over. And I spoke to Nathan afterwards, sent him a text. I said, you know, really feel for you. And he just said, you know, I'm watching the game now on the coach on the way back and I, I can't believe it. And I, It just seems like that's happening every week. Yeah. You know, even this week, I think Lee Johnson said we didn't deserve the three points. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the opposition manager where normally you say, yeah, we deserved it. We, we hung in there. He actually said, didn't deserve it. And when you hear that, you just think it's just totally going against Stoke no matter what they're doing, no matter what system, what players are playing. It's really, really difficult. Individual mistakes have cost some goals at the wrong end of the pitch as
1: well. We've seen the goalkeeper make some mistakes the centre-halves as well. That's, that's kind of out of Nathan's control, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Even a phoby A phobie didn't look like he could score, save his life for Stoke. And he goes to, to Bristol and, and and he hits the ground running. It's not working for him, but but I've got faith. The big question is, uh, will the Stoke board have enough faith in him to, to ride this storm? Well, maybe an opportunity for them this weekend.
0: Brentford, not exactly pulling up trees. They've, they've only won two of seven so far. If we go into to West Brom, Huddersfield, we've spoken about uh, Huddersfield already. Haven't spent much time this season on uh, the baggies slash the throstles slash Albion. Slavin Bilic said managing in the championship was always on his bucket list, uh, which, okay, cool, might be on mine too. Uh, unbeaten,
2: but with more draws than wins. So some room for improvement there. Definitely. I think he's still looking for his spearhead. You know, is it going to be Kenneth Zahore or Charlie Austin or both? But he likes to play 4-2-3-1. The has been a good signing. Very, very good signing. Yeah. Sawyers has come back. He was a, a, a junior player there, so he's come back. But he's a good player. They have the basis to be definitely a top six side, for sure. But I think they need to start converting. A Draw away at Fulham is fine. A draw away at Derby, fine. But really, if you have any ambitions you've got to win those games and start putting those wins together. Performances have been quite
1: average. Um, I've seen them in the flesh a couple of times and they underwhelmed me a bit.
2: Quite slow. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, very slow in possession. I love the attacking midfielders they've got. Um, Dean Garner's been a revelation. I mean, i surprised West Ham let him go because he would have come off the bench a lot, I think, yeah. for them in the Premier League. Phillips hasn't really got going, has he, this season? I think he's a really good player when he's on, on form. The, the big problem, I think, is up front. Chris identified it. First thing he said there, spearhead. Austin, I think, at this stage of his career, is better in a two. So, doesn't give you the penetration, but he does give you the hold-up. So, you've got to try them as a pair, I think. Maybe the way is 4 4 because he's got enough wingers, yeah, hasn't he? So that means dropping your Kravinovic or one of these attacking midfield players, which he obviously is reluctant to do because he's a 4 3 one guy. But but personally, I think that might be the way to go for West Brom. They, that may turn the draws into wins. Fancy them against Huddersfield, though, this weekend. Well, Joe, let's get some
0: odds uh, on those games what will you give me on derby winning at ellen road not that i would ever
3: place that bet (laughs) (laughs) they're they're a massive price derby obviously just a couple of points above the relegation zone Leeds flying derby 13 to 2 to win this so uh, uh quite a big price Leeds two to five as you would imagine odds on and the draw four to one brentford stoke that feels like a draw to me well brentford are odds on to win the game they're 17 to 20 so just a shade below even money stoke Quite a a big 16 to 5 to win the game, Uh, and it's 3 to 1 for the draw. So, a couple of big draw prices there uh, with the Leeds game and the Brentford game.
0: And presumably,
3: you're favouring a home win at the Hawthorns? Yes, absolutely. 13 to 20, so just a little bit bigger than 1 to 2 for West Brom to win. Huddersfield 17 to 4 to get the win, and the draw 3 to 1. And what about Gary Monk to take Sheffield Wednesday up? They are 7-1 to one to go up, which is around about the price that they were at the start of the season. So when Steve Bruce left, they kind of drifted a little bit uh, to around about 8-1, to 9-1. to one. But they have since come in after the appointment of Gary Monk to where they were at the start of the season. Lovely stuff. Fancy some League One chat? Good things are coming your way soon.
1: You made a TV debut this week. Where were you? I did. I was on the EFL on Quest show following in one of my hero's footsteps, Sam Parkinson. <laughs> and how was Phil Parkinson? <laughs> he was insightful, very knowledgeable uh, and a very nice bloke. it was a home from home for you, really. Uh, What
0: if I didn't see it live and I wanted to watch it with you?
1: Well, the good news is that thanks to questod.co.uk, you can watch it anytime you like. Just head there, skip the championship section, and then you get to hear my dulcet tones. And if you're lucky, see my face as well. (laughs) And if I wanted to watch you all, Sam, live next time, where can I find Quest TV? Yeah, to watch the EFL on Quest Live, just go to Freeview Channel 12, FreeSat167, Sky144, Virgin, 217 it's nice and simple so that's the AFL
0: on Quest found on Freeview Channel 12 FreeSat 167 Sky 144 Virgin 217 or just head to questod.co.uk got it? right remind me how you got in there and how I can get a job there League 1, the EFL's middle child. Headlines, Southend get their first point of the season only to lose a 4-3 thriller at the Shrews on Chews. Bolton keep a clean sheet. Hooray, the great escape is on, Joe. Coventry leave it late to maintain their 100%, quotation marks, home record. And, this will shock you, Sunderland draw 1-1. Yes, a full programme or as full as can be in League One this season anyway on Tuesday night. And we're going to start with the league leaders. Coventry beating Wimbledon 2-1 but only just came from a goal down. Wimbledon hit the post, had some great chances to double their lead before Coventry level, just before the half hour. And then Liam Walsh won it on 90 plus three. Adrian, how much credit are we giving to Coventry and to Mark
1: Robbins for taking the fact that they're not playing at their home ground in their stride? Yeah, massively. Yeah. I'd give them huge credit because when that news broke, I thought wow, he's going to find it hard to attract players because of the atmosphere. And he's had to start again as well. He, 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 it's quite a lot of changes throughout the summer there. But the guys that have stuck around you, Jordan Shipley, your Huwulas have been really prominent. They've been they've been excellent for them. And and the the lone players that he's acquired, I think have settled in very quickly. Uh, Callum O'Hare has been impressive. He's, he's from Villa. Liam Walsh from Bristol City, who had been playing uh, with the Premier League club before that. So, so no, um, they've got good players, very good manager, and they're up there on merit. I think they rode their luck in this game against Wimbledon, who was really surprised with the team selection. He left out Joe Piggott. Uh, no surprise that he left out a after his was a poor performance in the previous game. But Piggott, really good lately. Um, so that one that one shocked me. But, but Coventry, they've got potential to stick around at the top. Chris, as a manager, would you, would you be a sort of softly, softly about
2: the home ground issue with the players or would you just say, look, this is the situation, we've just got to deal with it? It'd be the latter, mm. to be honest, mm. um, because they can't change it. It's not as if they're going to go back to the Rico uh, anytime soon. I think sometimes people underestimate how hard a job Coventry is, you know, for Mark Robbins with all what's going on and, as Adrian said, to attract players. I mean, he lost some key players. To be fair to them... They Play a good style of football. Um, he's always preached that. Mark, always with a young team. They signed, was it Matt Godden? Matt Godden, yeah. Good signing. You know, I just thought, well, what an impressive signing that is. He scored a couple of goals, and they'll be there or thereabouts. You know, even with a young team, as long as they don't get injuries, the way they play will definitely get them more wins than, than losses. So, uh, and they've got on with it. The atmosphere's not great. I saw one game; I, I didn't see any fans for about <laughs> twenty seconds which was a real shame. But they do make noise. And I think if they carry on this way, a few of the stay away fans, uh, because there's bound to be a few don't want to watch them there, will come back. Do
1: you know what? It might, in a way, help them in the sense that visiting teams are a bit underwhelmed by it. They're like, it's half empty, it's no atmosphere. They might then just get into a sort of laissez-faire attitude. Mm. It can happen, it shouldn't. Obviously, every game's important, but but, but it wouldn't be the first time that's happened. So it wouldn't have happened with Wimbledon, who aren't used to playing in front of big crowds anyway. But some opponents might go there and, and lower their tempo based on the surroundings. Great club good manager, terrible owners. It's the theme of the season, unfortunately. Uh, Coventry top then, a point clear
0: of Ipswich. who won 1-0 at MK thanks to an early goal from John Nolan. Uh, Ipswich yet to lose and they've got a game in hand on Coventry too. Only conceded four goals. I mean, you think it, they might take some adjusting to League One, but but none of it so far.
2: Now, fair play to Paul Lambert because uh, he went into a club that was really disaffected. Lost you know, Paul Hurst after giving him his opportunity. Years of Stability and playoffs a couple of times under Mick, and they've come into League One obviously a big scalp, um, and I'm sure there's many a side in there looking forward to it coming. But they've dealt with everything so far, and to concede only four goals after eight games, yeah, you know, be very very happy with that um, because that will breed confidence throughout the whole team because they know they can score. They've got some firepower. They have scored. You know, a lot of goals, a few at Bolton, sadly, which a lot of teams have done before the uh, takeover. But um, I've been impressed by, by it so far. Other than
0: wrestling's James Norwood, Clark, is there anybody who's caught your eye particularly um, for him?
1: I think if we're talking about defenders, they've got a young lad in there, Luke Wolfenden, at centre-half. I think he's a good prospect. Alongside Luke Chambers, who's really experienced, of course. And and they've, they've been solid, haven't they? I, mean, I looked at the stats... Only Portsmouth have, have faced fewer shots. So that tells me that the organisation of, of Lambert's team is, is really solid. And as Chris points out, when, you, when you've got Norwood, who, who actually came off injured, didn't he, yeah. last night in the first half, so that's a worry. I think he was due to take part in a wrestling match tonight. Did you know that? No. Yeah, yeah, in Harwich. <laughs> Not against yeah he, he was actually <laughs> yeah, he was actually going to take part in a wrestling match in Harwich, which is which is in that part of the world on the coast, of course, and you wonder if that's off now. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, he's he, he's like you. He's a big uh, big fan of it, and he was he was going to walk the walk. But th- those guys are impressive. Uh, Flynn Downs has been good as well in midfield. But he's a player that I, I've caught, I've heard whispers about for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Didn't really get his chance in the championship. Now he's one of their main men. Uh, Shrewsbury 4, South End 3. Obviously, we're going to spend a fair while on this
0: game because we're all big Shrewsbury fans. Uh, first home win since opening day for them. They'd only scored five league goals before Tuesday. We've spoken about them a little bit over the last few weeks. Jason Cummings already looking like a, a decent bit of business for them.
1: Yeah, very much so. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a goal scorer, isn't he? Ollie Norburn, according to reports, was really outstanding for, for Shrewsbury. In this game, uh, they, yeah, it was the kind of fixture they needed, wasn't it? I <laughs> A team that is really struggling to defend. But let's, let's credit. Let's credit this, uh, the home team for capitalising on the mistakes. And, and make it right, I mean, they, they were gifts. Yeah. Three of the four goals were turnovers. Like where the full-backs or players in wide areas dallying on the ball, get caught, boom, Goal. I feel for Gary Roddick there because again, it's, it's not something he's coached into them, is it? It's just a, I guess is that a if you saw three goals like that, Chris, would you be saying that's a confidence issue? Players just not doing things instinctively enough.
2: Yeah, and thinking too much about it. Yeah. And you're right. The three turnovers, which you cannot do anything about it. You can't legislate for a player just thinking, maybe should I pass it here or there? And that, comes with winning games and the the confidence or lack of confidence in in the group and you know sadly for Hill at the minute as much as we praised Ipswich four goals conceded they've conceded 24 already which to turn that around is a big job it's doable uh, for sure but I mean it's just been a real tough time the funny thing is they've scored a few goals you know Stephen Humphreys will score goals Uh, Simon Cox will always chip in with goals it's out of kilter if you're scoring goals, but conceding more. I mean, that's just... Reminds
1: me of the South End team. I played in back, <laughs> in, the, back in the I played
2: 90s. in a few as well, yeah. Yeah, and I managed a few as well. So
1: it's it's a tough
0: place they're in at the minute. really is. And what what's your feelings towards the club now? Obviously, a bit of time's passed since yeah. you left and you've done yeah. that well-trodden path of South End manager to England coach.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it must... Sadden you to see the state they're in at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I've always said to people, I tend to just move on because I think you have to. I, d- I don't see any reason in thinking about, uh, of course, you think about what, what happened, what went on. But I think you've got to look to your present and your future. But of course, I keep an eye on, I always have done since I uh, joined the club way back in 1990. But it's been, you know, a real tough period for them. Um, obviously I went through what I went through with injuries and I mean it was horrendous you know thinking about it it was horrendous and a few of them still not back Ben Coker's moved on but he's, uh, he's at Lincoln but I don't think he's up to fitness yet Tom Hopper who for me was sort of the spearhead for the team started off really well 7-14 in still not back you know he's been out 9-10 months I mean a player like him will score goals at League One level Stephen Humphreys came in hit the ground running And then got a horrific injury. Gladly came back and luckily came back in the last game. They beat Sunderland to stay up. He will score goals, no doubt about it. But it's a tough time for the club. For years i have been trying to move. um, And that's still hanging over the club. And hopefully that'll get resolved in a positive way. And there's some good players there. Lost Yearwood uh, to Brentford. Brentford, He's the, the type of buyer that Brentford get. You know, young, got a lot of games. Uh, Missed a lot of football. Uh, There's some real talented young players there but a bit like how I found when you have young players you want to put them in at the right time to get the confidence in playing in senior football and sometimes when you throw them in and have to stay in it can be very very difficult for them. So real tough ask for them at the moment. What way they're going to go I don't know and it'll be interesting to see what's next. Would you have any interest in going back? You said you, you only look forward, and you're quite
0: happy in your in your current role. Would, would it be tempting if they if they asked? No,
2: no. I think I think that ship sailed. I think it's wise always to say, you know, that that happened then. This is now, and uh, you know, I look forward to other challenges, which you know, I've I've certainly done. Gary, what got any chance of getting the job full time? Do you think, Adrian? Potentially,
1: but but the issue he's got is that his team have conceded seven in, in two games and they have not won so so when he goes for his interview if he goes for an interview they're, they're going to say what are you going to do about the defence I guess So, but that's three times now they've scored three goals Southend because it happened at Wickham as well and they've not won it was interesting on on the Quest show at the weekend I was with Phil Parkinson he was asked the question directly he said not for me Adam Barrett he said it's a great job for him and maybe that is the way I mean it's a heck of a task isn't it for a, rook, for a guy who's not been a manager before
2: to turn it around but he'd get a lot of goodwill wouldn't he Chris he certainly would yeah. and I know Adam, um, he's a bit of a hero there as well, still lives in the area. I think if it goes to him, I think they would have to accept that it might not be this season that it happens. Because as you say, it's a rookie manager, he knows the game, he's been with Neil Harris at Millwall for a while. And if it is him, then let him have the goodwill, let him build a side. Because remember, there's been uh, obviously Kevin brought in players, I did, Phil Brown. There's three different managers, players in the squad. And I think Adam would have to, if it's him or any manager, would have to say, right, we need to just have a squad for this club, for this season and beyond. Yeah. If we uh,
3: get some odds, Joe, on the next South End manager, is, is Adam Barrett the favourite? Yeah, well, the, the three names that, that Chris and Adrian have mentioned there, Adam Barrett, Gary Waddock, both 4-1, to one, and Phil Parkinson, 5-1. to one. But the fact that they're such big prices a week or so after Kevin Bond left Means that I don't think Southend really have a clue who they're going to bring in. Interestingly, fourth favourite Henrik Larsson seven to one. Really? Wow! Yeah. I was
2: just about to say so this. Where's that come from? I think we all want I to see that. that. That would be awesome.
3: That would be absolutely awesome. And then every, everybody else is everybody else's well, double figures. Phil
1: Parkinson, you might as well you might as well make it fifty to one. I mean, I sat yeah. next to him. He said. Not uh, for me.
3: Uh, like was, was that off the camera? He said it on and off oh. the camera. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, pretty I, mean, I, th- I think he wants a comfortable job, doesn't he, Phil Parkinson, after right. what he's gone through at Bolton. I believe,
1: anyway, that his stock has been enhanced by his period at Bolton. Therefore, Actually, he should get yeah. a job that's more attractive than Bolton right now. Unfortunately, end is, isn't an attractive job. Well, we shall see. Uh Weekend-wise... One game we're going to look forward to is
0: Bolton versus Sunderland. Premier League fixture as recently as 2012. Sunderland got their 18th one-all draw under Jack Ross in League One in midweek. I still can't decide whether they're any
2: good or not. What, 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 what were they like to face last season, Chris? We played up, uh, up at the Stadium of Light and were really in the game. If I remember rightly, we put them under a lot of pressure. Went 1-0 down. That's when Ben Coker got... his his knee injury. Uh, And then they scored two brilliant goals, uh, McGeady and Maguire. But we were in the game, but of course, going there was a big deal for a few of the younger players. And like you say, they they, they draw so many games and he's got a good squad. I mean, McGeady shouldn't be in the league, full stop. You know, at at worst, he should be in the championship, but he he missed a penalty against Rotherham. They draw another game. Um, It must be a source of frustration for the fans up there. Well, I felt he handled it really well last year. Should they have got over the line? Maybe so, but they were playing the Charlton side in the final who um, were destined to win for, for me. They need to do it this year, uh, and I think Jack needs to do it. They've still got the takeover hanging over them. There's still one or two issues with Sunderland. I mean, it wouldn't be Sunderland well, if talent. there wasn't. Yeah. Well, they got talent, did not they? But they certainly have, yeah. And,
1: and I think that's, that is what gets them over the line in a lot of games, isn't it? Just pure ability. You see the quality of the goals that they score sometimes, especially through McGeady and uh, Maguire has, has got ability, hasn't he? And Gooch on his day can do it. And, and McNulty's a great finisher. So I, I've still got faith in Sunderland. So, but, but I don't know whether their own fans have a uh, joke. You came beaming and bounding into the office today. You would have seen
0: Bolton play in the UEFA Cup, but that was nothing compared to a 0-0 at home to Oxford uh,
3: last night. The the only way is up. Well, that 0-0 felt as as good as the 2-2 against Bayern Munich in the (laughs) UEFA Cup a few years ago. Bolton played really well and could have gone in at half-time one or two goals up. They they played really well. They look like they're they're gelling as a team. Obviously, with so many new faces in there, it's, it's going to be hard to to get them playing as a, a cohesive unit in such a short space of time. But Keith Hill and, and has seemed to to kind of work his magic somewhat. I still think it'll be a little while before they pick up a win. I'm I'm not expecting much this weekend against Sunderland, but the signs are looking good. And you'll like this as well. Uh, obviously, Nottingham Forest. Loaned a couple of players uh, to Bolton. You're welcome. You'll uh, you'll like this one. Uh, oh God, I had it saved up. One second, sorry. Bolton Wanderers official bwfc on Twitter. 68 minutes. Uh, Liam Bridcut with a Zinedine Zidane-style pirouette to get away from his man before asking a question with a through ball. How good is the Nottingham Forest Loney? There you go. We mentioned it before. We got to stop clubs letting kids run their Twitter
0: accounts. Um, I think That's probably what's happened. Here.
1: <laughs>
0: In terms
3: of the odds for the game, Joe, I'm guessing Bolton the pretty pretty long odds to get to get the W. Yes, seven to one. Uh, Sunderland four to nine, and the draw it's around about four to one. Norwood wrestling update. It's called Norwood Mania.
0: Norwood there'll be six live matches a charity raffle and so much more tickets from £10 6.30pm Norwood let us know if you go at the Totally Show we'd love to hear how it goes down League One then continually baffling how about League Two Hi I'm Emma and I'm
1: Jeffers and we host the Series Linked Podcast all about the telly that's both on and in demand we're able to tell you what you should be watching and what might be worth a swerve
0: previous guests include Simon Cole. Susanna Reid and Ricky Gervais.
1: We speak to some of the biggest names in telly. Plus, we're compiling a definitive list of the box sets to watch before you die.
0: Search for series linked on your preferred podcast app.
1: The podcast for TV fans by TV fans.
0: League Two headlines where Exeter are top and Matt Taylor is staying put for now. Trouble at Mill, Field Mill that is, for John Dempster and Mansfield as they get gubbed at home by Cambridge. And Mike Flynn says thanks but no thanks after he's offered the chance to come out of exile and get all impish. Another busy midweek in the fourth tier, then Exeter lead the way after two goals in the last nine minutes saw them pass Port Vale. And Matt Taylor declined the chance to talk to a League One club, believed to be Lincoln, about taking over there.
1: Adrian, we we praising his loyalty or or damning his lack of ambition? No, not damning his lack of ambition. You know, it's each to their own, isn't it? He's very comfortable there and he's doing a good job. He can obviously, He's obviously very confident of getting Exeter City promoted. And, and yeah, so why not stay there? It does make you wonder what's going on at Lincoln when they're trying to prize these managers away. Uh, you know, They're offering them 50 quid a week or something like <laughs> this. <laughs> at first, because Gareth Ainsworth was on this show, wasn't he, last week. He pretty much said, I'm gagging for this job, didn't he? He did. <laughs> it was the ultimate come it, and get me. It, it really was. So, but he's turned it down. And now Flynn who had previously said i'm up for it he's turned it down and and then if if, if reports are to be believed that, that Mat- Matty Taylor doesn't want an interview either. That, you, you know, it's, it's odd, doesn't it? So Lincoln
0: looking, extra top, as we say. Drew Potters tweeted us at the Totally Show if you want to do the same. Please discuss the West Country domination at the top of League Two. Extra Cheltenham, Newport, Swindon, Forest Green, who, if any, he asks, are serious contenders. I, th- I
1: think they all are, actually. I, I, I don't think they're there by chance. Forest Green, brilliant footballing team, aren't they? They play possession football, they keep it. Better than anyone else in that particular division. And they've been knocking on the door for several several seasons. They're probably just lacking a, a prolific marksman, Forrest Green. Cheltenham, they impressed me. I mean, the 3-2 against Bradford last night. Ryan Broom has suddenly come to the fore in midfield, scoring goals, making goals. They have scored two or more goals in six of their eight games, which shows that they're a great side to watch. Cheltenham. So they could they, they could be dark horses here. It's a small club, isn't it, Cheltenham? But but with a bit of momentum, a manager that's synonymous with the club in, in Duff, a bit like Exeter, they might continue to ride on that wave late into the campaign. Mike Duff feels like a
0: manager to keep an eye on. He did a really good job when he took over last season and he's managed to carry that on so far.
2: He has, yeah. It was a big call uh, by Cheltenham to, to bring him to the club. But as you say, he... Uh, put in some solid performances last year uh, his, his group of players and they've kind of gone on he's got Luke Varney there who's been around I yeah. know Luke I played with him yeah. so you know how old <laughs> wow. he is okay. but he will still get goals he will still be a good foil uh, for the team uh, a lot of good young players you didn't mention Plymouth mm. and mm. they're the side I feel should make it but the expectation with them coming down good support I think the fourth stand is going to be finished this year. You know, they've had three sides uh, that has been done for a long time. You know, they've prized a, a good manager away from Barry, but they still haven't really got into gear yet, but they've got some good they players. They should do it. Yeah, I,
1: they, know, I agree. They should players. be up there. And Newport were my tip at the start of the season, just because they're so solid. Yeah. And and they've got goal scorers in, in Matt and Amond. And, and, and the boy Tristan Abraham's mm-hmm. come in and sort of just given a bit more pizzazz up top, a bit more competition. So, I'm still on Newport Island um, but um, yeah. as for the other West, West Country That boys, sounds like the worst uh, holiday ever yeah, it does actually, it? <laughs> yeah There is a Newport on the island of Isle of Wight of White, course Yeah, yeah um, I think all of them have got capabilities to stick around top half And
0: Newport play next to this weekend a game I want to talk about they're all good in the West Country not so much in the East Midlands Mansfield nil Cambridge 4 Matt Preston taking out Luke Hannett Ouch. Now David Flickcroft got the Spanish Archer for failing to achieve promotion last season. Stags currently 18th after nine games. Does that mean then, Clarky, that John Dempster is in a bit of bother? It was a bold appointment in the first place.
1: It was a surprise because they're a really ambitious club and fair enough. If They want to get rid of Flickcroft. That's up to them. He got them to the playoffs, so it felt harsh, but it just showed that that wasn't good enough. So for them to then go in-house it was an odd one for me. And it hasn't gone well. He, he got a lot of abuse, spoil accounts from from the home fans, as you would when you lose at home four 0 Spent a lot of money on the strikers, and they Cook came in. hasn't played yet, really, uh, injury. Maynard's playing and playing okay with with Rose, but it's defensively they're they're all over the shop at the moment. I don't
2: think they're going to be relegated out of the league, but
1: he must be on borrowed time.
2: Well, mm. to be honest with you, Mansfield, and you know, I'm not speaking out of turn. They've got the biggest budget, and Quite unashamed about it, you know. They, mm. everyone knew the sort of players they brought in, Jorge Grant last mm. year on loan. And for me, I would have kept Flitcroft, but I suppose they would have said to him, "Look, we've given you the tools. You've got the players. You haven't made it." But for them to go from him, who you know he's managed at uh, a number of clubs and uh, had relative success, to move him on and then bring in John Dempster, I, I was just thinking well, you know, what are you thinking about here is this a coach who you see a lot of potential in obviously they do tough for him though because the expectation is huge there just physically because of the, uh, the financial aspect so I don't know what way they go hopefully they'll stick with him I always like guys to get an opportunity see him through the initial bad times because it's always going to happen and hopefully he'll come through the other side In terms of this weekend, Newport X to the standout game. We've spoken about them though, so let's
0: have a look at Grimsby versus Macclesfield. Third time they've met at Blundell Park this season after their cup game was called off at half-time. Grimsby, I'm going to see them at Chelsea on Wednesday next week. What are we thinking about McMahon's start at Macclesfield? It it was a a difficult job to take in lots of ways because Sol Campbell had done so well, but he seems to have picked up the baton
2: and run with it. He has, yeah. I know Daryl and uh, I spoke to him maybe a day or two after he got the job. Uh, I said, why? <laughs> um, and he said, well, it was a, a decent opportunity after leaving Ebbsfleet and uh, potentially a really good young manager, I, I felt, you know, in the job he did at, uh, at Ebbsfleet. But he's gone there and as you say, hes he, they've done OK. He's managed to get some wins, which always helps. It gets people on board. Of course, the situation off the field, he, he can't do much about. But he's gone in, there'll be a bit of revenge because he's missed out on the big game at Chelsea. But it'd be interesting because Grimsby, at times, have, have, have played pretty well this year. A couple of games I've seen him And, and Michael Jolly um, will be looking, I think, to get that team up. You know, it's not about the, the away trip at Chelsea, etc. It's about trying to get them back um, into League One, which you know that I haven't done for, for a while.
0: Adrian, we have to talk about Sol Campbell still with Macclesfield. Uh, that hasn't quite expired yet. It'll be another year or so.
1: Just thinking, is there any surprise he hasn't been linked with South End or Lincoln? Slight surprise. Uh, it's definitely South End because he's sort of a London boy, isn't he? And that would be quite convenient. And yeah, I could see South End potentially turning to a name manager. He proved himself, didn't he, last year in really difficult circumstances. Even though we all know that he can say some strange things. He's a slightly unusual character at times. He did galvanise that dressing room. He, he organised them brilliantly. He got a group of young players to believe in him. And he improved them. So if he wants to get back into management, he will get a job sooner, sooner rather than later. And um, look, if, he, if he rocked up a Roots Hall, someone that wants them to succeed, I wouldn't, wouldn't be against that at all. I think
2: it's underplayed how well he did. Because like what Adrian said, maybe the character and maybe what people think of, of Sol. It was a really, really good job he did for a first-time manager. He's gone into a club, traditionally, no money. He had to beg, borrow and steal. Um, he had to find a way of playing. And they did that. And I mean, they they were going down. They were going down Macclesfield. And I know it was it was the last game, wasn't it? It went to uh, with Notts County, etc. But... Uh, I've got a feeling he may be quite choosy in his next job because if he takes another difficult job and it doesn't go for him, then uh, people might say, well, there you go, I've told you so. Or if he does well at a club that is really in a tough predicament, he may become a specialist at (laughs) that sort of role. Mm. So I've got a feeling he might feel, you know what, I need to look at uh, the next club, the setup. Uh, The strategy, what we're doing going forward, because he doesn't want to be known as a firefighter in the lower leagues. I mean, it's quite brave of him to take the club that's 92nd. Personally, I think he could have got an opportunity higher, but he actually felt, I haven't had one yet and this is the only one that's come up, I'm going to do it. And I think sometimes people should applaud him just for doing that in itself. Joe, you've had a nice quiet show now that Bolton aren't in quite so much crisis, but you can give us
0: some uh, some
3: odds on League Two. What about promotion and relegation? How's that looking? Uh, so promotion, at Swindon are the favourites at 11 to 10. Bradford 6 to 4, the same price as Exeter. If we talk about some of the, uh, the West Country teams, Plymouth 2 to 1, uh, Forest Green 7 to 2, Cheltenham 5 to 1. Interestingly enough, that was the price that Cheltenham were to be relegated at the start of the season now that's the price for them to go up so quite a a reversal in fortunes from what we thought at the start of the season for them
0: Indeed. Well, once again, time's beaten us or we've run out of interesting things to talk about. I forget which. Uh, Clarkie, what's on your weekend agenda?
1: Uh, what is on my... Oh, goodness me. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing today, let alone <laughs> at the weekend. <laughs> I'll be on the radio, that's for sure. Um, no, it's not what's at the weekend. It's my son's birthday. He's two. <laughs> so we, we'll have, a little, we'll have a, wow. little, a little gathering at our house on Saturday afternoon. I'll, I'll be looking at my phone covering with a football course <laughs> um, Chris are you obliged to spend time with the family on Saturdays now that you're not
0: working every weekend no. at the
2: moment oh no I'm at football every Saturday <laughs> I've, uh, I've watched a lot of games Premier League EFL non-league I've been to see Carl Shorten and Sutton United recently and uh, yeah I'm busy all week and the weekend I'm doing the uh, EFL Quest show so a lot of uh, Football League football for me over the weekend Takes. That's somebody else who's got on the FL Quest show before <laughs> me.
0: Well, thanks for joining us, Chris. Adrian, too. I'm off to the Emirates as part of the 8,000 plus Forest contingent, travelling to the big smoke for the EFL Cup tie with Arsenal on Tuesday. That is the Matt V. Abbey-Garby. As a prelude to our defeat, I'm not in next week, but do join Caroline and Co. Same time, same place. See you soon.